great Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. Welcome to the Man Cave Chronicles. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. This week I have uh, stand-up comedian Kevin Goatee. Kevin, how you doing? Hey now, what's going on? Uh, how's uh, life at your end of the highway? It's good, man. I'm busy as a fucking beaver, as they say. But uh, no, it's so far so good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's t- t- tell a little about yourself. Uh, tell the listeners where you're from. I'm uh, I'm from Jersey, but uh, I do all my stand up in the city primarily. Uh, you know, ninety percent of the time I'm, I'm in the city. Uh, I've been doing stand up for seven and a half years. Uh, do voiceover as well for about what four now, I guess. Jesus, time's flying. And uh, trying to get into commercial acting, but yeah, and I got my show, Comics Watching Comics, which is on, which is on Amazon uh, Prime right now. So. That's what's uh, keeping me busy these days. Oh, yeah. Uh, day job, wife and kid. It's just like, Jesus Christ, where do I find the time to breathe? Yeah. What do you do uh, What do you do you for your day job? Medical sales. Okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in the IT field, so between that and, you know, family like you and then the podcast at night, that's where uh, my, my end of this. Um, how did you uh, get into stand-up comedy? Uh, I mean, just started, you know, I did it. I just did an open mic and just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. I mean, there's no real way. It's like a job where you apply to do it. You just show up at an open mic and just do it and you keep doing it. And you network with other comedians and they become friends and then they book you on shows. And if you run a show, you book them and, you know, that just builds from there. And then you get to the clubs and you audition for clubs and then. You know, so on and so forth. There is no syllabus, which is exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. There is no guidebook. Your best bet to really trying to figure out the way the world is to just do it, as well as ask others for uh, advice and and whatnot. Yeah. And how to, how to navigate the minefield. Yeah. I um, my listeners have heard my story before. I I just turned forty a few months ago, and I've told my wife that I've always wanted to try stand up, and that's like on my bucket list. Right. And. uh and that's my goal by the end of, uh, not this year, because this year, you know, with the baby and everything, you know, things got a little tied up. But, you know, like, by I want to, before spring, I want to try it. I would just make sure you, I mean, I know obviously time's at a very, you know, very little time you have here and there. But I was, you know, whenever you do have time to start writing shit down now that you think is funny and just craft it how you... Yeah, I'm sure you've watched plenty of stand-up throughout your life. Just yeah. watch it, try and figure out how the formula goes for writing your jokes, and then, boom, that way springtime hits and you're ready to roll. Yeah. Who are um, who are some of your favorite uh, comedians growing up and now? David Tell's my number one. He's the best. I mean, I, I love him. Rodney Dangerfield's a very close second. Uh, Rock, Hearst Rock, um, Eddie Murphy raw pretty much kind of really got me thinking, huh, this is, this is amazing. Uh, even Dennis Leary, no cure for cancer. That album was, was, would just really inspired me. Then I find out Dennis Leary was, a uh, likes to lift things without giving credit. I've heard a lot. It's mostly from Bill Hicks, but what are you yeah. going to do? Dice, uh, early dice, Kinnison, Kinnison shit still holds up beautifully now. So those are the guys who, uh, really shaped my uh, my way but yeah Attell and then Daniel Tosh too I like him 
But uh, Attell won. 1A, Rodney Dangerfield, 1B. Yeah. I saw Dave Attell years ago. He was performing in my area and it was like one of the best shows I've seen. Uh, the guy does not miss. No. Uh, he, he, the lowest I've ever seen him at was like an eight and a half or nine out of ten. The guy just fucking destroys. And every every comic, uh, pro comic that you listen to a podcast talk about it. And they, a lot of them will say, like, you know, most comics don't watch each other's set, but everyone stops what they're doing, stops bullshitting, and they stop and watch a tell set because that's how good he is. So I, don't, I can't think of a better compliment than that. Yeah. And um, I was actually a huge fan of his show on Comedy Central. Do you remember that loved one? Loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. I know. It's like, I wish I could find it just to watch it again. I, uh, I, it's, it's, on, well, it's on Netflix. The DVDs are, in fact, back when I had my old um, Windows computer, there was a program called DVD Shrink. Yeah, and I just DV. I would just get Netflix from uh, Netflix stuff, and then just burn the shit out of all of my favorite movies and shows and whatnot. And I have it here at home, so yeah. it's uh, that's great. Yeah, man. Um, do you remember the first time you do you did stand up? How was it? Yeah, March twelfth, two thousand ten. That's my uh, my birthday in comedy. And how did that go the first night? Uh, I mean, look, anyone who says they killed their first night's a fucking liar. Um. I mean, I ate shit, but at least I got three or four legit laughs, and I didn't tell anybody that was my first time. So that way, you know, they're a lot more lenient with you. And but I said, all right, when I'm there, I got three or four laughs. I'm like, all right, there's something there. I mean, like I said, the rest was dog shit, but yeah. at least I know. I'm like, all right, cool. This is uh, this can be done. Yeah. What um, do you remember, well, what club was it at that you did it? Was it an open mic? Yeah, I was at the Village Lantern down in the West Village. Yeah. Now, um, what is your act about? Uh, I mean, it's it's a lot. Of, there's obviously very autobiographical material. There's a lot of my observational stuff. Things I, you know, things I hate. I talk about being in corporate America. Uh, I talk about uh, how I hate that. I talk about I, you know, I was in Disney World recently. I talk about that. But a lot, a lot of it's my my life as a as me. Yeah. And, uh, and and observations and shit. So, yeah. it's uh, that's what the best way I think you can be good is just being you. Yeah. And uh, everyone's got their own interesting stories that they've had in their life to talk about. So, do that's you, a uh, that's an easy way to go. Yeah. Do you remember the worst place you ever performed at? Uh, worst in what sense? I mean, there are a lot of bad places. There are a lot of like bad, but like, oh my god, I performed there, like that. Yeah, yeah, like that. So I, I performed in the basement of a strip club before, a few times. There was actually a comedy club in a strip club. Uh, I wouldn't say uh yeah, not a club, but there's there's a few times that they had like mics in there. My but it's my buddy show. I performed at uh, in Atlantic City. There was a place next to Scores. That it was that was it was like literally attached to scores and uh, I performed there. But that, that was like a club. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you you name it, man. Comedy can pop up anywhere. I mean, comedy's been performed at Chinese restaurants, laundromats. Yeah, you true. name it. Yeah. It's been it's everywhere. Uh, I did it at campgrounds. I've done it. it it's uh, I I just don't even. There's so many places I've done it. And I just they've kind of glazed over yeah. on all the different spots I've been in. Yeah, I've had past guests on that uh, have told me they've done like stand-up comedy even in laundromats. Or like, you know what? It's like, you know what? What else do I got to do on a Tuesday night? Exactly, exactly. It's like you're right. Uh, have jokes will travel. I mean, hell, I'm going to the uh, 
up to Woodstock on Saturday to tell jokes. So you're right. It's just comedy can comedy can go anywhere. There's a microphone, an amplifier, and an audience. Honest to God, it really, there is no limitations on where. Yeah. Do you have a favorite place that you'd like to perform? Uh, no, as long as the audience is good and that one and that wants to be there. I'd tell you this: my favorite audience is a black is a black audience that want to be there. Black people who want to pay who pay money like that's their night out. They are the best audience. Yeah, uh, there is because they are there to have fun. They're not there to get uh, sit there and cross their arms and get offended easily like a lot of some people like a lot of people can be. Uh, but that's my favorite crowd as a as a predominantly black crowd. Or again, well, that's my favorite. But then again, anyone who's, who wants to be there in comedy, yeah, that's uh, that's what I want to see. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves. Like somebody that you know that goes to a show and the comic starts making fun of him, he gets all upset or pissed off, and it's like you came here, to, you know, to have a laugh. Right? Care? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I don't think people get pissed off as much as that. I think people get pissed off more at the material. Like they may, yeah. there may be a topic where people get fucking butthurt yeah. about something, and they just they they just have this, such an easy, quick trigger reflex to get offended, or just to be just to try and prove how progressive they are yeah. in front of their friends, yeah. shit like that. So it's, well, this place is that's getting, the most. Yeah, as I say, this world's getting worse and worse. People get offended over everything now. You're not kidding. You're not kidding. I, I feel bad for our kids. Yeah, I'm one, every every news story I read about like you know dumb shit about how people are trying to cancel Halloween. I'm like, yep, one step closer. I send my daughter to fucking University of Phoenix online because I'm not paying forty or whatever grand it is a year to watch my kids get indoctrinated with horse shit. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, now they started having like uh, safe rooms for some of these kids. You know, if they don't yeah. get, if they don't get nope. their way, they have to go to like a little room to make them feel better. Yep. Nope. Not my kid. So yeah, yeah, I'm not like that either. Um, so let's talk about about the voiceover work that you've been doing. Uh, what kind of projects sure. you been working on? Uh, I've done a lot. Uh, I mean, I guess a lot for somebody who's been in for four years. I've done gigs for uh, Mashable. Uh, I've done Auto Trader. I've done Trident Gum. That was a cool one. That's got like over 12 million hits on YouTube right now. That's kind of cool. HSBC, Starwood, uh, God, I gotta think. Amex, those are those are the sun that the, that pop up the top of my head. Yeah, what? Uh, and that was just something that one day you were like, "Oh, I want to try this," or did somebody approach you for it? I when I started doing comedy, uh, a lot of people were like, "Hey, uh, you ever think about doing voiceover?" I, know, I shouldn't say a lot. Several were like, "Hey, you ever think about doing voiceover?" I'm like, not really. I mean, I did radio in college, but that's because I thought it could be like the next Howard Stern, and that yeah. died out as quickly as it that died as quickly as it should have. Yeah. But uh, after like a few times, people were telling me that I'm like, well, maybe I should give it a, a shot. And then one day after a show, uh, a, a comedy buddy and I were just waiting for the subway, which is taking forever. He goes, "Hey, man, you ever think about doing um, a voiceover?" I'm like, "Nah," but people have told me about it. He's like, "Look, go to my guy." He's gonna tell you know, to give him, actually give him a call first. He'll talk to you. He'll hear your voice. He'll he'll then he'll bring you in, free of charge. If he thinks you suck, he won't take your money. He'll just tell you you suck and don't bother. And that's it. So I said, okay, cool, nothing to lose. So I give the guy gave the guy a call, talked to him, brought me in. He's like, yeah, man, you've got something here. There's something that you can be good. And he uh, get, we did some coaching lessons and laid down a reel. 
and then I uh, actually had a few other comics get me in with their voiceover agencies as a freelancer, and uh, and that's boom. That's how it started. Yeah, you said uh, you did uh, radio when you were in college, right? Yeah. Did you uh, did you go to school for like you know this stuff, or did you go to like for something else? I went for film and TV, but I I, I did a lot. I did radio, uh, TV, any kind of communications, any kind of in that medium. For broadcasting, because you know, I thought or, and that that'd be the way to go. And then, it's funny. I graduated college. My dad's like, "Great, now uh, get a real fucking job because it's uh, time to pay some bills." It's like, ah, you can't pay uh, can't pay bills on internship, can you? Shit. Yeah. So then that's how I ended up getting to corporate America. And then uh, back in what was it, '09, when I first uh, or '10, sorry, actually '09, but I realized it. And by 2010, when I did that, I'm like, yeah, let's let's do something to get me the fuck out of here, and, and use that degree, or and just get get yeah. out of cor- corporate America, and, and see if I can make something out of all this, yeah. <laughs> all that money my dad and my mom and dad paid for for college, but I know. as well as more importantly, get me out of fucking corporate America, which is soul sucking, the yeah. worst. I know it's funny because like I remember. Like it was yesterday when I was telling my parents that I want to go to school for like film and TV, and they were like, "No, you're not." They didn't want me to do that kind of stuff, and they saw they saw that as a waste, you know. It, you know? Yeah, those parents were cool with that. I was just like, "All right, well then, how do you make money now?" It's just like, yeah. "Well, it takes a while to make money," and uh, it's like, "Oh, all right, well, find a job in the meantime, and then do that on the side." And then yeah. I never did it, and then now it's like I said, fast forward to now, I'm like, "Yeah, well, now I'm doing it." So. Yeah, that's part of the reason why I started the podcast was like I always wanted to get into stuff like this. The Man Cave Chronicles on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Adam Nutter. And this is Greg Trout. Come check out our podcast, Nerds with Words. Adam and I talk about pop culture, comedy, comic books, movies, conspiracies. We're both comedians and we might make you laugh. Every week, we welcome a guest from the entire spectrum of pop culture and science and comedy. You can follow us on Twitter at NerdsWithWords1. Hey guys, this is Brian Scammon. I'm Kimberly Nicole, and we're Sib's Web Series, and you're listening to the Man Cave Podcast. So I read on your uh, on your website that you want to be a game show host. Fuck yeah, man. I grew, I grew up watching The Price is Right. Uh, I was all... Hence probably explains my my gambling proclivities. Yeah, no, I, I like I said, grew up watching Price Right. I loved it. I, I still think it's great, the greatest game show ever. I love Family Feud with Richard Dawson, especially when he was copping feels every two seconds and making out with guys' housewives yeah. right in their face. The balls in that guy, I loved it. Pressure Luck, another favorite. But yeah, I love the. I, in fact, I actually have a game show concept and uh, pitching it to this production company, and they like it. And so we, we're going to try and uh, move forward and see what happens. Cause, but, yeah, I think a game show is, is right up my alley. But I've, I've had people tell them that to me so many times without me even telling them I wanted to be a game show host. Like, you don't be a great at game show host. I'm like, no shit. Like, that's that's it. So, yeah. What, um, you know, cakewalk job. It should be more interesting than Alex Trebek. What a fucking bore he is. But, you know, whatever. Did you uh... – on your Facebook, I saw that you had. Did you tour with like the Prices Right, as the as the side ones they do? No, or, uh... no not at all. That's a complete uh, show. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, just, all right. I just put on there game shows with the Prices Right because I I would love to do that. And, and Drew Carey's terrible, so I would love to take his job. Flat out, Drew Carey, I'm coming for you. So, yeah. 
the, the reason I asked was because the Price is Right was in my area a couple months ago, and I forgot who was hosting it, but so I figured. Maybe I know Joey Fatone from NSYNC was doing it down in Atlantic City uh, back in the day. Yeah, I don't know who it was that came up here, but I like I wanted to go, but it was, I just couldn't go that night that it was here. Right. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean. Price is right. Everybody remembers, you know, you used to call out of school. You knew you were going to stay in bed and watch that when it was time. Oh, or and in the summer, yeah, it's a Dane Cook bit there, too. I just, I got I got you on there. Yeah. Uh, that in the summertime, like I would always watch in the summer. And that, and it's funny, my wife and I, for our walk in music for our wedding, like when they introduced all my friends, they had their different songs. We walked into the opening theme, The Price is Right. Yeah. Where he starts announcing like the contestant names, like so and so, come on down. The dee, dee, yeah. dee, dee, dee. And she was like, This is, no one's going to fucking think this is cool. Like, I'm like, I guarantee you it's going to get people to laugh and say that's a really fucking cool walking song. And of course, I was right. People are like, Dude, that was, yeah. a, that was a great idea. Like, how cool was that? Yeah. So, uh, I like how you threw the Dane Cook thing in there because when you said that, I was like, Oh, yeah, he, ha- he does say that in one of his jokes, too. Yeah, that's one of the few bits that actually hold up of his. Yeah. <laughs> what, what happened to him? Uh, he got to Dane Cookie, and yeah. uh, I think he, I think he fell into the trap with a lot of comics do. Is once you hit, everyone wants you to keep churning out new shit, because always your first albums are the best, with the yeah. exception of a very few. Um, the ones that take their time are the smarter ones because they're not, like I said, they're not pumping out shit. Yeah. If you put, if you, if you pop it out at a rapid clip, it's not going to be as good. So. You know, once you pop out a hit, like you know, all the execs are like, "All right, cool, let's get something else out of you in six months to a year." And most, a lot of these comics you listen to say, "You know, it takes me a year to get like an hour." So yeah, it, you're you're really putting that shit on the fast track, and it's not going to be your best stuff. As we see again, you know, look at Amy Schumer for example. I think her last two specials were just fucking terrible. Yeah. So case I, in point. But then again, she's cashing fucking millions of dollars in checks. Yeah. For sucking and for making shitty films, so what do I know? You have to be the. You got to be at the right place at the right time, I guess. I mean, I actually saw her when she opened for Attel like ten years ago, and she was really, really good. Yeah. So I was like, oh, cool. You know, this. You know, she, she's good. And then, uh, then she started. Then she hit. And then I, I think I, I forgot her first special what it was. I was like, all right, fine. But then after that, the, the Apollo one was bad, and this leather one was fucking unwatchable yeah i remember um while we're talking about dane cook i saw him before he became huge and that was like at his funniest i think you know i saw him during that first uh tourgasm yeah where gary goleman opened yep. for him and some other guy was terrible uh open for him but yeah goleman's i mean I gary's one of the nicest guys too yeah. you see him in the city he'll, he'll always say hi to you and, and yeah. you know robert uh, kelly, yeah, robert kelly was that the was, other one What's that? It was Robert Kelly was the other guy. Yeah, Robert Kelly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I see him, I see him all, around to, all the time, too. But, yeah, uh, I saw him at the first tour. It was pretty good. But uh, then after that, he just swing and a miss. Yeah. He'll try. Well, he did come out with something last year. Was he last year or the year before? He had that Showtime special. I, I Yeah, I remember that. It wasn't that bad from what yeah. I remember. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was fine with it. It was decent. You know, it wasn't yeah. like those other ones. Right after the first one, it was yeah. the, the two or three or four in there. And you're like, ugh. The, the last one he did was pretty good. I got, you're right. I got to give him credit for that. Hey, he, how many people have, How many people can say that he saw, uh, saw Madison Square Garden? Dice Clay. Except, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're and, right. Uh, and who the hell else? Didn't, uh, didn't Kevin Hart sell it out to? 
if it was, it was recently, right? A couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, and, and I maybe even Aziz Ansari did, I might have as well. Yeah. But what about Louis C.K.? Did he? Probably, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I saw Louis C.K. last summer. It was one of the best shows I've been to. Uh not a fan of his stand-up. No, those are nothing. Not do not do it for me. Yeah. His, his TV show has gotten so great uh, in the last few seasons, but his, his stand-up just eh. yeah. Not my not my cup of tea, as they say. Yeah, and nothing wrong with that. Um, so tell us about your uh, your show, Comics Watching Comics. Ah, my second favorite subject, next to me, of course. Uh, it's a show where it think of Last Comic Standing and at midnight had a baby. And it's uh, so basically, I'm trying to get intermediate comics more exposure. Uh, there are so many, there are only so many club spots per night in the city, and so many people trying to knock those doors down. And it's frustrating to get in. So I was like, well, what the hell? Let's try and and gain another avenue of exposure for 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 intermediate comics like myself. So I created a show where we tape intermediate comics doing five minutes, and I take that footage, bring it to my house, and I have uh, more tenured comics come over to my house watch they critique they praise they offer advice and if they're really awful they take a big steaming dump on their chest and let them have it uh but again the idea the idea of the show is to to promote comedy we pick a winner at the end of the show but the cool thing is this here's the twist we have a uh we have the audience at home watch and vote for their favorite panelists that they want to see come back to the following season so that way it's kind of like a uh you know get to get the social media aspect involved so yeah. That's the uh, that's the twist. So now, how did you come up with this idea? So one day I was at an open mic, and it was just one day of just particularly brutal comics. And I was texting one of my friends, we were just making jokes, ripping on them back and forth. I'm like, well, this is funny, but man, you can't have a show where it's just you know shitting on comics because a you would never a it's bad it's bad karma. B you would also get never get anyone to do a. Uh, a second season because people just go, oh, it's a fucking it's a yeah. chop shop. Who wouldn't do that? Yeah. So I had the idea. I'm like, all right, this let's make Last Comic Standing better because I think Last Comic Standing was boring because all those people were professionals. You know, you think like, oh, these are new guys. Nope, a lot of them are. You know, some are new, but they've really caught fire or they've been around for twenty fucking years. Well, you so. mentioned you mentioned Gary Coleman. He won one of the seasons, and I saw him performing years before he was on that show. And Amy Schumer finished and like Amy fifth Schumer, six that year too, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. And the last one, I had like three buddies of mine who were on that show. Uh, two of them were on the same season of my show, Comics Watching Comics. So it's uh, it's it's not really that new. Hey, we're getting these newbies a shot. No, they're all pros. So I wanted to show you how. I also want to. So I wanted to, like I said, give comics more exposure. I also wanted to really peel back the curtain and show. Every other person who's at you know a, a normal person, someone who's not in comedy, what we go through and what it's like being in comedy and all the you know it's not just hey I'm I'm gonna be a comic boom we're all to bed and get a fucking Netflix special the next day yeah not like that at all so it, it's just showing the growing pains and people love panel shows and when comics get the ball you know and comics ball bust you know the shit out of it you know if we're on shows. Someone will be on stage, or we'll, you know, oh, that was a funny ass joke, or that's a great tag, or you know what would make that joke a little better, or just ball bust when they're on stage and shit. That's that's what we do. So I'm showing them like again. I'm just taking them into like a day in the life of us. Yeah. 
So that's how the show came to be. How do you uh, do you approach these comics to come on the show, or how do they get on to be on the show? So the first season, I first two seasons, I I asked a lot of friends of mine, and I also put out notice casting notices. But a lot of them are friends of mine. Uh, the 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 seasons three, four, five, six, uh, all of them. Are, well, yeah, all of them are like people I admit are people that submitted. Like, oh my god, I watch a show, I love it, I want to be on. Like right now, I'm getting a, a good amount of people. Like, hey, when's the next? When's the next taping? When's the next taping? When's the next taping? So, uh, and even for the last seasons five and six, people flew out to go tape in the city. They flew out from, you know, uh, Vegas, from uh, Dallas, Atlanta, Tennessee, um, Jesus Christ, I'm, you know, Connecticut, Rhode Island, yeah. and uh, Detroit came before. People got in a plane to come out here. Like that's how I'm like, wow, man, there's really something cool here coming along that they uh that people want to fucking make a more than a you know hour commute in the city or whatever yeah. to do this so that's how i got people to uh to be on the show and panelists are all uh are people i are, are a lot of my know or respect and have done something so that way people are like well who the hell are they on the couch and then you, you may be saying as a normal person on the couch but all the comics go oh yeah well i know so and so that person did this this and this and they're on that show, and she's doing that, and it's all, again, if you're in the game, you know these people and respect them because they've made inroads in, the, in comedy and whatnot. Have a question for the Man Cave Chronicles? Tweet them now at the MCC Podcast. RotoWare.com. RotoWare. Big shout out to the RotoWare uh, company. It's so goddamn comfortable. Can't recommend them enough, man. Yeah. High quality t shirts. Shout out to RotoWare.com. You see me rocking the shirts on the videos and stuff like that. Where'd you get that? RotoWare. That is courtesy of RotoWare. It's just it's just the highest quality of shirts. Yeah, I really like the baseball designs you got here. The shirt is beautiful. Everybody who I've talked to who has the shirt basically says they can't believe how good the quality is. Yeah, kid, I've seen you've been getting a lot of love. You said you've been only running for a little over a month. I- CBS guys are tweeting out shirts. I'm seeing fantasy personalities everywhere digging this guy's shirt. I love the Run DFS shirt. It comes with the baseball cards with all the different shirts on it. Rotoware on Twitter. Check out rotoware.com. Oh my God. Is this, is this shirt making love to me right now? Like, what's going on? I love this shirt. This is Adam Nutter. And this is Greg Trout. And we're Nerds with Words. And you are listening to the BS Podcast Network. What's the next one that you're filming? Next time you're filming this. I'm probably going to do it after right after the new year, somewhere in January or February. Uh, right now, I'm focused because I'm still putting in the final touches on episode, season five. Season four is being uploaded right now to uh, Amazon, so i got to bust my ass and get five ready to go. And then six is all done, too. That's got to go through the editing process and whatnot. And then uh, that should be up probably mid-December, and then I'll come out, like I said, July, February, and I'll and I'll cast the new uh, the taping for seven and eight. Yeah. Do you um are all the seasons available on Amazon Prime? No, right now one through three, and like I said, four is being uploaded as we speak, yeah. and then it, it, it go. They don't want them all at once, so we can do them piecemeal. So yeah. right now, four four should be up in a couple of weeks, and then five, and then then six, and and then I'll tape seven and eight, and then you know it's gonna take a while for that. Yeah, it's on it's on my queue to watch these anyways. Well, fucking do it already. Right? Uh, so uh, tell us about your podcast, too. Uh, the Sportsbook Box Office podcast, which you can find on iTunes. It's a, it's a podcast for my buddy Jeff Paul and I. He's another comic in the city. 
we uh, we love to talk a lot of shit about films and and and, and sports and whatnot. We're we're, we're two know it alls about in that in that area, I would say. And uh, we, we we definitely have opinions. And he actually said, "What we actually sat down and, and did this." You know, a lot of comics have, you know, podcasts, but you know, not we're trying to you know di- get different angles. So we we decided to sit down and and we do that. We sit down every once every two weeks and we talk about uh you know what's new in the sports world films we uh we we uh we have guests on we talk you know we, we get them to talk about their favorite films or have different themes and again it's just like a it's kind of like a dudes dudes podcast yeah. we do have women on as well one of our favorite guests is Anne marie castillo who's our producer for a, for a hot minute she's a huge vikings fan huge nfl girl she knows her stuff and uh you know like i said we love to talk films and love to talk sports so we uh we married the two and there it is and uh, and I also notice on Facebook you always post uh, who to bet on. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a bit of a gambler myself in the NFL. Right now I get the Dolphins plus the three points. So why don't you cr- cross your fingers for that when they hit? Right now they're down seven nothing. I see, but they're driving. Uh, yeah, I am. I, I also uh, I I really been gambling in the NFL for a while. I even do videos now where I give my picks. But now the twist is I put my little two year old daughter in them. And uh, people love her more than they love me, even though I'm doing uh, like 60% success rate with the NFL, <laughs> the NFL picks. It's funny. Everyone was like, yeah, this is your picks are good, but your daughter is so goddamn cute. I'm like, well, that's true. I agree. But thanks. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, I definitely love betting uh, NFL. And it's uh, so far I've had a pretty good year this year. So, yeah. Are you a fan of like um, daily fantasy, like uh FanDuel or DraftKings? Yeah, I, I do that, I, but I'm more into the leagues. Like I'm in four leagues right now. Uh, I do a I do a weekly one. My buddy, one of my comic buddies and funny motherfucker, I'll throw his name out there, Lawrence Deloach. Love you, buddy. Yeah, he does a uh, a weekly FanDuel. So I I do his league for him. He's in he's in two. He's in my league, and we also have a comics league. We have a, a fantasy league too. So we're in a lot of fantasy stuff together. Yeah. Um, all right, and. Uh... And the last thing that I have on here is I do a thing called What's Trending. I only wrote down one thing today. Uh, and obviously we talked about this before we went on the air about uh, Joe Girardi. Yeah, that's a raw – I'm not a fan of this move at all. Uh, Mike Francesa, who's, who's the uh, one of the big New York blabbermouth sports talk guys, <clears throat> quite the bloviator he is, he, uh, he was saying today uh, that he heard a lot of whisperings from his sources that there was some uh, – discord between him and, uh, and the Yankee upper management. So this should not come as a surprise to people. Uh, I was, I also heard that it, Girardi wanted to have a, a more of a raise and they weren't going to give it to him, which is silly because they gave Joe Torre a lot, a lot of money when he was managing. I mean, Torre did bang out more world series, but he really walked into a, uh, a ready, a, 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 you know, ready-made situation with the Yankees end. There's no one out there that I can think of that I want right now uh, to manage the Yankees. There's no guys who are out there. John Farrell, you're a guy in the Red Sox. Not really. Um, I sure as shit don't want Dusty Baker. That guy can't fucking manage his way out, out of a paper bag in the postseason. He's terrible. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of guys out there who are bench coaches. I mean, I, the the whisperings were Don Mattingly, which would, I, I'm against only because I'm a huge Mattingly fan. He's my favorite player of all time. And I don't ever want to see him fail in any way, shape, or form. 
So to bring him in, and I don't know if he's the, a, a, a good manager. I mean, he had the Dodgers. He didn't get very far with them. Uh, and then uh, he's with the Marlins now. Now, they don't have that much talent. They have no pitching, that's for sure. They do have some offense, but they have yeah. no pitching. So it's kind of hard to grade him on that, but I don't want Manley. Um, just because, again, I don't, I don't want to have to see him get fired by the Yankees. He's the only guy, apparently, never to be booed by the fans while in the Yankees, uh, which is, you know, pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, – who else? I heard. Well, my one buddy was saying, "Well, Giambi managed or, or threw his his hat in the ring for the Colorado manager position." And said, "No way." I mean, A Rod knows his shit, but A Rod's a cunt. Who's kidding? Who? I don't want to manage this team. No. Um, but yeah, there are a few guys out there who uh, who uh, you know bench coaches, like, you know, the Tony Payne's of the world. Yeah. The, the the Mills on Cleveland. Like, all right, I don't know anything about him, so. But again, there's no one out there where I'm like, all right, that's fine. So I'm I'm very I'm not happy because again, there's no one out there on Girardi's level, let alone better than him, yeah. to uh, take over the reins for the Yankees. And it really is a ready-made situation. This says this is '95 written all over it uh, with Showalter, where he got ousted, and the Yankees are ready in the playoffs and they're ready to go. And the next year, Torrey comes in and, and they did go, and then they just did not stop going for a few years. Yeah. So. I'm not a happy camper today, and a lot of Yankee fans aren't. Even though they did talk a lot of shit about Game Two of the ALDS, where he didn't, yeah. you know, use the replay, but that argument goes out the window because they made the Game Seven of the ALCS. So I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. See, I feel the same way. You know, like you said, you know, I'm a Massachusetts Red Sox fan. John Farrell gets canned. Half the stuff that he did, I don't blame him. You know, it's like the management gave him not a great team. You know. But you can't say that they made they won division. They did. So they do yeah. have, have a good team. They yeah. just didn't have the, you know, they don't have the horses to go far. But they have a good team. They won division. Yeah. In the AL East, which is not exactly an easy task. So I wouldn't say they didn't have a good team at all. No. I mean, yeah. I mean, the East is the hardest division in baseball. Uh, this year, this I mean, year. normally it is, but I would yeah. say this year the hardest division was the NL West. You had three teams out of the four from the yeah. NL West going into the, uh, into the uh, into the series. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't excited about the Alex Cora hiring either. Uh, where did he go? I'm blanking. He went to the Red Sox. He's the Red Sox manager now. Oh my god! Oh my blank! I, I I can't believe I missed on that. I can't. That's right, they did. I thought they were still waiting for a guy. I tell you what cracks me up is the Mets hiring Callahan because all they had to do was wait four more days. I guarantee Girardi would have gotten a phone call from them. That was the easily. rumor. A few weeks ago, that was the rumor. They're like, don't be surprised if you see Girardi jump and go across the city. Yeah, I mean, was Mickey Callahan that much of a demand where the Mets had to sign him immediately? I go out in the Mets. Yeah. I waited out to see what the Yankees do first. Yeah. And then go on. But they they, they got that guy. So I was like, all right. Well. Yeah. I mean, Brad Asmus is still out there. I mean, he... I yeah, don't I don't think... care. By the, by the way, he came up with the Yankees farm system. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't... Uh... I don't. I don't know. There's no. No. Again, no one out there that I'm getting excited for. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. And uh, to end the podcast, how can listeners get a hold of you? Facebook, Twitter, website. KevinGoatee.com. K-E-V-I-N-G-O-O-T-E-E.com. Uh, on Twitter, at the same. On Instagram, at Comics Watching. On Twitter, Comics Watching. Comics on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and dot com. And, of course, Comics Watching Comics, most importantly, on Amazon Video. The live show, the showcase, the prize for all the winning comics, that live show is happening November 18th at Gotham Comedy Club. 
You're going to see me. You're going to see the winners from the show and semifinalists, as well as panelists on the show at that show, November 18th. Go to GothamComedyClub.com for tickets. Tickets are only 15 bucks a pop. Uh, as are shirts for comics watching comics uh, at the show. I'll be selling them $20 online, uh, but I'll give you a discount of 5 bucks if I see you in person for 15 bucks at the show. If you do want a T-shirt online, contact me through ComicsWatchingComics.com, and we'll uh, we'll take it from there. But yeah, like I said, Amazon Video, Comics Watching Comics, Gotham Comedy Club, November 18th at 5 p.m. We'd love to see all of your listeners out there, or even just two. There you go. All right, and... Uh... I want to thank you for coming on and uh, you know, hope you come back on in a few months to talk about your new season. Would love to, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was a great interview. And uh, I, would, I would love to take you up on that for sure. No problem. Anytime. Take care, man. Appreciate it. Thanks again. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles. Follow them on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. We'll catch you next time.